0: Hello, this is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me,
1: Michael Kuhl. And me, Roger Bell-West.
0: And uh, the weather isn't exactly blazing this summer. Yeah. It was, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be again, it will be really horrible, all that hay fever and what have you. But at the moment it's, uh, it, it, it's slightly cool and we are feeling uh, relaxed here in High Wycombe. We hope you are relaxed and happy where you are too. Roger has some parish announcements to make.
1: Well, yes, thank you very much to Glenn Lewis, uh, to Brett Evel, and to Dave Morris, all of whom sent money to encourage us to keep doing this. Uh, If you would like to join their company, paypal.me slash rogerbw. Uh, Also drop us a line because PayPal doesn't always tell me when money has gone in. I also have a correction to make. I, I have been kindly reminded when, when I talked about uh, Watson Hall last time stretching from uh, the south coast to the Midlands, it, 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 it's been pointed out to me that Yorkshire is not in the Midlands.
0: No, no, Yorkshire is no- up north, and it
1: and can stay there. You know, it, it, it's all past Watford, what can I say?
0: <laughs> yeah, we complain about American sense of geography. first, a brief semi-commercial um, mention.
1: Roger. The bundle of holding, which well, they, they, they send us stuff occasionally, and occasionally we talk about them when we are enthused about them. I'm quite enthused about this one. Uh, Tunnels and Trolls. Oh, yes. And a reoffer of some of the other Flying Buffalo stuff. So, Tunnels and Trolls. We've never actually talked about it at great length. Although there was a water culture episode about it, which i will refer you to. It's one of the very early RPGs. It was always the not ter- not taking things terribly seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah, which caused them. It which caused them a few a few uh, j- j- jokes in the spell mains, which they they really ought to have regretted at the time, but um,
1: they they have regretted and amended since.
0: Yeah. Um, um, it's very, yeah. very simple. It's not the simplest RPG there is, but it's very simple.
1: It, it has multiple stats. You have some some degree of character differentiation. I think the fundamental flaw is that in the you know, late 70s, early 80s, the RPG market was largely, or the growing part of it, was largely... Teenage boys and young men who wanted to take things terribly seriously and get obsessed about them. That's true. And d d fed that, RuneQuest fed that in a slight, slightly more sophisticated way, and Tunnels and Trolls basically said, no, it's a game, we're having fun.
0: Yeah, beer and pretzels, beer and pretzels was their cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, given that, it, it, nonetheless, um, uh, my friends at uh, the Grognard Files have, uh, have gone on a bit about uh, Tunnels and Trolls and it being a precursor of a lot of things that came later, of the idea of a single unified mechanic, which in their case turns out to be the the saving throw, which in D&D was a little um, weird and unnecessary, but which they turn into um, something like a universal, you can figure out how the characters can do anything system. Which yeah, it, it
1: it's basically um, the, the inputs are the difficulty of what you're trying to do and the stat you're using
0: mm.
1: and these they fit into a, i think i think it's a 2d6 but it it's a slightly weird thing because you you doubles out and roll again so that will happen quite often so what what we've got here uh we've got the rules we've got a whole bunch of solo adventures uh which yeah tons and trolls was one one of the things that started solo adventures on, and in, in rpgs yeah um And largely largely it didn't spread because it's a lot of work to do the stuff in paragraphs and shuffle them and so on. But anyway.
0: uh, It's it's a lot of work to to write. But if you can't find anybody, and apparently uh, people wanted to be playing D&D or RuneQuest or Traveller or something like that. And if you can't find anybody to play Tunnels and Trolls with, I think it may have been a, not only could they do this thing, but there was a certain
1: necessity to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously it gets a bit more mechanistic, and as far as I'm concerned, that's not really what, I'm, what I roleplay for. No, I might quite. play Descent instead, but we've said that before. Um, there is also uh, se- several um, what they call GM adventures, in other words, the more conventional sort. Mm. Uh, they're also including the second edition of Monsters, Monsters, which I backed on Kickstarter.
0: Yeah, me too, uh,
1: Gov. Uh, which, for those who don't know, is the mostly the same mechanics but you get to play the monsters and, and you uh, deal with those pesky adventurers coming in. This is I believe the first game in which you could play a Shoggoth and it may be the last.
0: <laughs> honestly, honestly once you've consumed all, everybody in the immediate vicinity what are you going to do as a Shoggoth? Possibly take up knitting?
1: I mean, learn to whistle of course. Well yeah. Uh, so, alongside that, there is another offer which has has been out before, uh, which is other catalyst stuff. Uh, so, the, the city books I particularly favour, which is basically, mm. I, I want I want a dockside inn for my city. Okay, he, here it is with a map and significant NPCs and adventure hooks and so on.
0: It uh, is it, a nice way of producing small um, fantasy themed. Um... Uh, uh city uh city districts city institutions there's uh one which i looked at which was a bridge which basically is just about the 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 servants of the city who who uh, live and work on the bridge and take tolls and ch- uh, charge custom charges and like that and, and it's, a, it's a nice little vignette of something that you haven't thought about but yeah that has to be there for
1: a place like this to make sense, one of the things that I, that I often say is that what what I like about role playing is that you might have said, "Okay, you know, there's there's an inn," and the players suddenly say, "Hey, we're really interested in this inn. We want to spend time here. We want to make it. We want to make it our hangout, and so on." Yeah. And th- this is a great way of saying, "Oh crap! I didn't think of that." Right. We'll have this inn. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have this bridge, and so on. Uh, they, they're, all, let's see, they're also the uh, Grimtooth's traps books, which
0: I think we could live without if we never ever saw them again. Um, I mean, <laughs> having pointed at them and said, uh, "Yeah, that's not our style," a, a few episodes back.
1: That they they could be fun to read, but yeah, not not a high priority. Uh, some other stuff that I'm, I'm not as familiar with: uh, map packs, uh, who doesn't need elves maps? of Legentia, and so on.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it is very much D and um and early D D&D, and uh, Dish world building, but yeah, it's it was it was done with some love and care, and uh, and it's not just for nostalgia. Uh, you young people could learn from this, you know.
1: <laughs> Another thing that I think is perhaps worth mentioning is it's just been announced that Flying Buffalo is being sold. And a bunch of these things, which have been on drive-through RPG for a while, are they? They reckon that the new owners are unlikely to want to keep them there. Well, I... uh, it's not clear who the new owners are or what else is going on at, at time of uh, recording. We we just don't know any of this stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, that I I when when uh, uh, when it was made clear that Rhesus and the uh, uh, and the related properties were going to be sold by. Cumberland games i felt a moment of uh gosh i could do something with that uh, but i don't actually happen to be a millionaire um mm-hmm. uh and i i i felt that about recess i i wish its new owner well and i hope he hope he does useful things with it um but i i, I never felt that about um uh about this
1: yeah uh, uh all oh, right, I, I have nostalgia for Grimtooth straps. I very rarely actually used them for reasons we discussed. Yeah, but but they're great fun to read.
0: Yeah, and then there may there may be a, a small number of quite small diamonds in, in, in embedded in, in some of them.
1: But anyway, so that's two bundle of holding offers running until the twelfth of July. Right, so, so so you don't have
0: to rub yourself, unless of course you're reading this on the eleventh of July listening to this, listening to this, on the 11th of July. We should also probably mention um, that at the moment, the Bundle of Holding is featuring, until I think the 19th of July, Robin D. Laws's Yellow King role-playing game, which you may recall, uh, I reviewed on receiving the uh, Kickstarter material last year, August I think, and I was at that time sort of praising it with faint dams um giving it my admiration but not my enthusiasm i still feel much the same way but i do see that this is a remarkable game for somebody who's looking for something quite specific this is a campaign of investigative horror and it's based on reality horror for those of you who um are listening blithely ignorant um the short stories on which this is based are about a play which if you read it or witness it is going to drive you either a insane or b start warping reality about you it's rather hard to distinguish the two and this is set in the universe in which the Yellow King has been dragging um, the reality of Carcosa, the realm of the Yellow King, into um, Earth's reality since the late 19th century. Then, at the end, it uh, jumps back to our own, uh, well, something like our own alleged uh, real reality, TM. And this is a very extensive a very um frightening set of possibilities for separate mini campaigns within the greater campaign and it might well be of interest to somebody who likes themes of artistic decadence and craziness and all the strange things that are implied in the weirder bits of Lovecraft Lovecraft loved um the Yellow King short stories, and I just have to say it's a bit too much of a of a of a stretch for my particular group. What you get here is, as part of the basic bundle of holding offer, is the role playing game plus the music that was composed to go along with it as part of the Kickstarter. And for a little more, you can get, uh, Absanthin Carcosa, which is one of, uh, Robin Laws's famous, um, handouts of game-related material made from stuff from, uh, 1890s, um, Paris. And also two items which I didn't pick up at the time, which are, um, The Annotated King in Yellow, which Kenneth Haidt did, a scholarly edition of the short story collection, and New Tales of the Yellow Sign, which is Robin Laws's collection of neo-Yellow King uh, short stories. And uh, so I'm going to say, if this appeals to you, this is a damn good way to get hold of it quick and cheap and I would encourage you to do so. Uh, But with that somewhat limited praise, let's pass on to the next thing. As you know, uh, it may shock some of you who have only just stumbled across this site, Roger and I quite like GURPS. Uh, we feel it's something we can run games in and um, and create characters in, and which has been absorbed into what is left of our, our mental processing capacity quite uh, quite um, firmly, and we can improvise around it. And so we, we tend to pick up new star stuff for GURPS, Without, um, without perhaps always giving it
1: due consideration. But also, I'll... to be fair, I've I've become their primary go-to lead playtester uh, in that, which is mostly an administrative job, you know, keeping things running and so on, rather than necessarily digging down into the weeds of every single book. But that means I get a whole lot of comp copies. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was
0: actually looking forward to realm management. Um, And I'm going to, and as you can probably tell, I'm going to be a little bit ambiguous about it. Recently, um, they have been moving from um, mechanical realisation of particular types of characters, even particular types of equipment, and particular types of genres, into providing more generic rules about Things that are in game universes but are more abstract, social things. Um, there have been books called "Social
1: Engineering" is mostly about that. About it, it's a, it's a book and a series that I that I very much favour.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and particular. Uh, all right, tell us what it's about, Roger.
1: Well, broadly, it is giving a bit of rule support for the sort of thing which in in Gups is, is is mostly uh, make a reaction roll that's how they feel about you okay now see if you can impl- improve that with a diplomacy or a fast talk or whatever yeah and so it, it's saying things like okay if you want to say you're, you're in a city and you want you want to hire somebody to do a particular sort of job how how hard can it be to do that um, are they gonna want more money than usual uh, what what sort of now, how does your reputation feed into that mm, yeah all, all that's but it's i mean the, that's that's at the high end you've also got just the more general yeah but if, it, want, if if I want to interact some with somebody and get them to do something, how do I get them to do that yeah it's with, a, it's, with a bit more mechanical it's support? about
0: it's about social skills and making more use of the of the of the tools and making the definitions of the characters more detailed, more interesting more dedicated particular um, types of story and types of location.
1: Also, uh, yeah, com- combat, particularly in GURPS, tends to be quite deadly. Yeah. And it's a thing that the GURPS rules talk about at great length because that's a traditional thing for RPGs to talk about at great length. Yeah. And frankly, this is I probably get more use out of the relevant social engineering rules than I do out of the combat rules at the same level of detail because in the games I run, there's a lot more... Talking to people, interviewing witnesses, stuff yeah. like that. Talking down a hostage situation, yeah. than there is actual shooting.
0: Um, uh, and the nice thing thing about GURPS is, uh, when the moment comes when the when the cy- psychopath picks up the gun and starts murdering the hostages, you you're right there with the uh, with the ability to start shooting them. <laughs> uh, but uh, but and from that from that uh, as a stem off from that. They wrote uh, "Boardroom and Curia," with, uh, which is about um, organisations, and not, the,
1: not technically a social engineering book, though obviously there's some overlap. Yeah, yeah.
0: and then they, and they wrote uh, what the school, school, the school thing.
1: Okay, so th- there are three social engineering books after the social engineering itself, which are "Back to School," "Keeping in Contact," and "Pulling Rank," which deal with, uh, from the titles, you can work out roughly the sort of thing. Yeah.
0: And uh, and
1: then we get realm
0: management. Now, uh, boardroom and curia allowed you to stick a set of descriptors and numbers onto any sort of
1: organisation, and gave you some idea of how you would interact with those. Yeah, and yeah. that if I'm working for them and I call them for help, how uh, likely are they to help? How, how long is it going to take? What can they provide? That kind of thing is, is, is started up.
0: Yeah. And, the, uh, and now they're going to another scale up and depicting whole cultures, whole countries and societies. Um, potentially whole planets, if you want to go on to a, a big enough scale. Giving them numbers about economics, numbers about population, numbers about health. Um, descriptors about how they're organised and how that's going to affect the numbers and the players, and it goes into a great deal of detail. There are lots of descriptors of good things that can happen to um, a, a realm, a country, um, or, or, yeah, or you, whatever. You, you could I scale am...
1: it down to one knight's manor. You could scale it up to a, to a star empire. Yeah. But I think I think the common factor is you. you you have either one or a small number of people who are making the decisions
0: and, and who are in charge. And who in this, it's sort of assumed the uh, the PCs are going to be numbered at least amongst the minor members of, and um, and, and and there's also a list of bad things, disasters, um, social disruptions, what have you, and those are the supplies as random encounter tables, which is slightly throwbacky but and strange. And I read through it. I can't say I absorbed every detail. But the thing that struck me at the end of having read it is, what is this for? And where does it fit? Now, I knew, going back to a a product, GERPS product we haven't mentioned, I knew what mass combat was for. It was to, as it said in its own mission statement, it was to give you an idea who won the battle, uh, how did it affect the general um, campaign, and how did the player characters manage to survive if they did? And that that was that was a limited system that was uh, something that you could um, that that you you could tie in with the focus of the game, which has always been on character. Sure, but this realm management, I'm going. What is it for?
1: Okay, uh, I haven't used it in a game yet. However, things things that occurs to me, the sort of game I might run that I might use it with. The first and most obvious is GURPS Pendragon.
0: Oh, um, I take your point.
1: Now, I've I've always said that I like the trait the traits and passions in Pendragon, so I would tend to use that system. But if I were doing the same sort of thing in GURPS, where you know part of what you do is you care about your home, yeah. the place, or the place you rule. Um, this this would be the system for that, and I th- I think that's the lens I'm looking at it through in, in the first instance. It's it's not meant to be the complete focus of the game necessarily. I mean, it could be. It's for okay. I've I've got this kingdom. Or I've got this manor. I'm going home for the winter after after a summer of bashing monsters. Mm-hmm. How can I? Well, it's 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 a two-way thing. What can I do to make the kingdom, the the realm, better? Yeah. And what can the realm do to make me better? And that that's the thing that Pendragon makes very clear, because it, you you've got all that stuff on wealth levels. You know, if if if, if your horse herd dies, then you ain't going to have a new war horse next summer unless you pay for it.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, and if you're uh, if you're going out into the field with tattered um, stockings. And, um, uh, and and and, uh, and last year's uh, a surcoat. Then yeah, then you are going to be laughed at by the more fashionable knights.
1: Beehives, beehives is what you want. Can't go. <sighs> inserted wrong, <either>. where? <laughs> no, it, it was a bug in at least one version of the Pendragon um, Manor rules that that beehives were the things that got you the highest return on investment by a factor of several. I'm not sure that's a bug. It may be... It may be um... Also, you get a check on Energetic if you go and watch them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, no, no, so, well, all right. Can so, I, uh, so, that, so, that, so that's number yeah, one. Yeah, okay, go on. Um, now, I don't know if, if you have ever played... Uh, I didn't, but I know people who did. Uh, the Birthright set. No. Uh, this is a thing for D&D in the 90s, I think. Hmm. Uh, in which essentially the the party is i think collectively in charge of a kingdom uh, and that that was on a very similar level to this in in that you you would ha- you could you know, obviously go into as much detail as you liked but what you had was an overall resolution for what is the health of the kingdom like yeah um how how well are we running it can can we get away with invading our neighbors what happens when they invade us that kind of thing i i think that that was often used as an independent game and you could use this as an independent game, but that's not the primary thing it's for. Uh I've I, attempted.
0: If, if you're going to use this, I think I think you want to use it as an interlock uh, an interlocking game uh with the with the adventuring um narrative character driven bits.
1: Back in the day when I was playing a lot of Rollmaster, hmm. uh they brought out He a- says that without shame, it's astounding. They brought out a box called War Law. Yeah. And that was essentially a small to medium scale combat system, a war game. Yeah. But it had all the interfaces hooked up so that you could... The, the thing it did that was revolutionary was to say, it's not just, I am the leader, yeah. what can I do? Or I am an independent hero, what can I do? But what if, what if I'm one of the guys in the rank and file, preferably rank? What happens to me when the general screws up and we lose the battle yeah that kind of thing and i i think this is this is a a similar idea it's yes you could be in charge of it but but you i could also see running it in the background for okay we've, we've got these two three four kingdoms struggling a bit how how is the struggle going what is the general feeling of it what are the things that the kingdom's spy masters are going to want to employ expendable pcs to do? Mm. Is it going to be go over there and pinch their big relic? Is it going to be find the spies here and so on
0: yeah I well yeah. whilst I take your point, point, I have the feeling all right so I have, I have the feeling several criticisms this is um, a complicated looking model of things that doesn't, um, that doesn't seem to deliver, to me, to deliver the, the, narr- the, 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 the story-generating oomph that makes it worthwhile to keep track of all that stuff, mm. of the loyalty, of the level of education, of the current f- fiscal state
1: and uh, as far as i'm concerned i love this stuff so all right we're okay. maybe starting from different places there i mean economist yeah yes all right all right i had forgotten your reflection the the tragedy of economics is that you never have enough or, the, or timely enough data okay the
0: second thing is that uh, uh the, the second thought that passed through my mind whilst you were talking is that if this is running in the background with uh minimal uh, player character input that is going to well going to create uh, a limit to the amount of um, agency that the players have. Now, logically speaking, I don't see why I, as an individual per- person, should have any control over, let us say, the bank rate or, um, in, or, any, or political developments or anything, but we are doing heroic narratives here. uh, well
1: that's the thing what what one has to decide and we we may come back to this is is what is the game about what are the PCs going to be doing if the PCs are um, what would you call them practicals thugs then they probably don't know or care about the political situation and correspondingly you don't need to model it in a lot of detail you just say you know, we we, we are here this this other country is sending spies to us Mm. and so occasionally we're going to meet their agents that's all you need well, that that's not that's not the sort of game this is for. Um, uh hang on,
0: and can I get to my yeah. last point, which is going to be my big one, which is I don't see the way I don't see that this has worked out a way to create multiple reigns multiple realms existing at once and interacting. If you're going to have your model of the um of the of the of the Arthurian uh, knights and their manners. Then you need a matrix in which those aren't just independent um, sure. monads, um, things that can't interact, can't and don't interact with each other, but are purely uh, are purely driven off their internal autarkic economics, and occasionally they emit a night particle which goes off and does <laughs> things in the outside world.
1: It goes off and annihilates. In fact,
0: yeah. Uh, well, something gets annihilated, and eventually it's going to be the knight. Um But and then it comes. But in the meantime, it's come back and it, it, it's, pro- uh, it's created a proto knight, which will go out and yeah, and so on. That's the Pendragon thing. And I, I said the same thing about a game which is more or less on the same theme, which is rain. Mm-hmm. Which is, and I liked rain a lot more because partly because its level of abstraction was the right one for me um there are i think six stats uh for that a rain company has and as long as it's operating with companies of the same level as itself mm-hmm. then it uh, then it will uh, then i think the 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 model works as long as um the 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 smaller companies aren't your concern and the, and the, and the large companies, the empires to your city-states are keeping out of it, then a contest between um, companies makes sense and works. But here, they've gone for much more simulation and I think they've gone too far. Um, well, and, 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 and they haven't given us any way of knitting the, the things together.
1: Well, there is some uh, arrangement for um, what one might call peer interactions. Yeah, it, you, you you can do things to the neighbouring realm, and they can do things to you. Uh, what what we don't have, that at least on my quick skim, was a system for saying, you have your manor and it is a part of the kingdom. Yeah, and the kingdom is also an entity in this and. You know that the, there is a bad king, and the and the pathetic fallacy says that the crops are therefore bad this year, feeding down into the individual matters. Yeah. Obviously, you could, but it doesn't have the rules support. So that that would certainly be something I would like to see, ideally. Mm.
0: I, I think I I think the the only way these things work at the moment is as uh is is if each company, each each group, each realm is. Somehow, somewhat autonomous and separate, and there, in except when the people in charge say, "Raise me an army" or "Buy out their stock," they don't in, uh, they don't interact that much. There's mm-hmm. nothing that you can do that will um, inconvenience your neighbours or convenience your neighbours for that matter. Um, well, th- which, th-
1: there are ver- there are various things, uh, mostly in terms of propaganda. Mm. And so on, but yeah, uh, I, I I agree. It would be it would be nice to have more of that. It is primarily that. And another thing that um, occurred to me as a as place in which I would use this. In fact, I was quite disappointed when when the books dealing with this came out and didn't cover this side of things. Is the post apocalyptic? Um, Gerps after the end is is one of the uh, selected bits of Gerps series. Yeah. Ah right. uh, and it it is specifically for the post apocalyptic setting. And what I want to do in a post apocalyptic setting Because you're an this, economist. this may make me unusual, is to say, Okay, here here is my band of here is my band of PCs and that's fine, but they want a home base and they, they want to improve yeah. their home base. They want to make it more defensible so that they can go out and, and bash things somewhere else and not yeah. have to worry about rushing back. Um they they want to improve the industry so that they can have neater weapons. Yeah. All that sort of thing. To me, that isn't a very important part of the post-apocalyptic game. Uh, And it's something that those books, to be fair, they didn't say they would, uh, didn't treat on at all. I seem seem to
0: recall, uh, I I gave gave those books a fairly light skip through. But uh, I think there were things there, but they weren't developed
1: and they weren't worked out. So, if I were running that style of game, I would certainly want to mm-hmm. say, "This, you know, the, this is the sort of resource of your your home base." And you know, sometimes refugees are going to turn up uh, and say, "Can can can we join you? You seem to have nice big walls." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, sometimes you're got to expand your territory. Sometimes you're going to try to work work out the the um, secrets of sharp things. Yep, and so on, um, and that that to me would be a thing I would love to have as part of a game because I, I wonder if if this ties back slightly to the American British thing. Um, it seems to me that a lot of players of post apocalyptic games are basically saying, as in that far side cartoon, um, right? You know there's the two guys out out, out on the um, lake, yeah, with nukes going off in the background. You know what this means? No size restrictions. Unscrew the limit. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas what I want to do is, okay, what can we build back? What can we avoid losing?
0: Yeah, and and, uh, and can we find somebody to be the lord of the manor, please, so we can tug our forelocks, being British? <laughs> that's not true. We don't actually like... Well, that's not what the lord of the manor is for. The lord of the manor is to take responsibility and blame and to be talked about cruelly behind his
1: back. We want to be annoyed that he's, he's asking us to tug our forelocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I should say I should say a personal note on this. Yeah. Um, there are some GURPS authors who, whose prose styles I particularly enjoy: uh, Phil Masters, True. William Stoddard, and some some I don't. And Christopher Rice is one of them. I, I I like him as a person. I think he has some wonderful ideas. I just don't quite like the way he writes. That's that's my problem, not his problem. You know? okay. there are probably people who feel the same way about me. But but it does cause a bit of friction when I'm trying to use something that he has worked on. Mm. But yeah, that that. It, it isn't true of anybody else. It strikes me that when it comes
0: to uh, realm management, there is a sweet spot between what would doubtless annoy your um, uh, your economic modelling heart uh, too much, like uh, things like legacy, which is the power by the apocalypse thing, which is multi generational mm-hmm. and very mythical and mm-hmm. very very hand waving. In, I mean, there are resources. There are there are stashes of ancient tech, and there are um, surpluses of of, um, of food. But it, they get traded and they get used up, and nobody's going into very precise details about it. And some of the details that do get precise tend to be made up as you get as you go along for the sake of the mythical history. Well, and and, uh, no, uh, I, I, and, a- and, and then little further along the scale there's things like uh, um fate and hero quest, which we must now call quest worlds because of copyright reasons uh, no, they, which they, are,
1: they have either released or sold the hero quest trademark they, they, to they, hasbro. They,
0: they, it, yeah it was um I think it was a deal that was done i don 't think hasbro got the better end of the uh, of the deal
1: uh, well they they're relaunching hero quest the board game so oh right
0: uh and And everything must be terribly clear for American markets all right fair enough um I was going to say there's all right ha, uh that things like um quest worlds and fate are almost right for my degree of uh <laughs> of simulation here, inasmuch as they use descriptors and a unified um resolution mechanic which says you can use the same thing to describe and resolve the actions of individuals as well as the actions of organisations and realms and companies and what have you. I think of the two, if it weren't for the fact that some of the latest generation has got annoyingly narrativist, I would prefer Quest Worlds. Um, Yeah,
1: I I, I don't think I'm going to try to uh, force you to use this... this, uh, system yeah. I mean apart from anything else as with any GURPS book um, it, it's beyond the basic set it is not going to be appropriate in every GURPS game it's probably not going to be appropriate in most GURPS games yeah it's just
0: that, uh, I like uh, uh, I've been looking ever since the disaster that was Aria Canticle the monomyth <laughs> um, uh, for a, a good government and realm managing sub game extra game um what was the uh, the
1: the experiment? mini mini game? Is the mini is the game that I or or, or
0: a game that you put on top of an already existing um, system? And then there's a phrase for that, which I've kind of forgotten. But I I have never a, perhaps because I'm an idiot perfectionist, I've never quite quite found the thing that I've been looking for. I think somewhere between Realm and here and Quest Worlds Realm and Quest Worlds there is uh there there is there is a, a means of doing this. Oh, and I pref- I found found that I preferred realm to this uh to uh, rain rather. Sorry going back rain to um uh to uh Realm of management. And that's slightly worrying. The, uh, realm management The, the impression
1: went, I got I, I haven't looked hard at rain um is that largely you're saying we've we've got these resources and how do we allocate them this month, year, whatever?
0: Yeah. That that they um, and and you are moving in and out of adventurer time and council time mm-hmm. on a regular ba- basis. One thing that that struck me was that uh, Re- realm management says one action per realm per month, and realm Re- reign says. Um, uh, you've got these resources. They deplete as you use them, but you can keep on using them until you, they're all gone. Mm-hmm. Depending on how desperate your situation is and, uh, and how you Well, you can't, you can't can wanna...
1: actions by spending more resources in, in realm management. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I, I admit, miss, I missed that point, I will admit.
1: But yeah, I mean, <sighs> As I say, it's it's not a system I've used. It's not a system I'm going to tell you to use. But it's it's a system I feel positively about, and may well use at some point. Whether whether that's going to be, most of the people I play with, aren't especially interested in engaging in in that particular sort of detail. Um, as well as at the PC level, I tell you what, I think that I I might get a lot more enthusiastic for
0: this if I saw a good um worked out example um a long uh a long uh description of a setting at this level i think i might be able to say yeah i that that i can make that work to a degree mm. a horrid thought occurs to me that you could do this with the post usurper but uh, the post uh destruction of the emperor a, a bit of brainstorm if they ever get around to um Uh, If they ever get around to actually publishing that, there's a setting where you could have the Empire just fall apart into squabbling factions and then Mm -hmm. have a war between them to resolve who gets to come out top. That's such a terrible idea, terribly good idea. I don't think this quite works with... oh. Oh, well, Well, write it down, Michael, and and try and remember it. when you
1: Glue it to mass combat as well for the actual war side of things.
0: Yeah, you could do that. Um, I'm not sure it would be wise. I'm not sure it would sell, but you could do that. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe I've answered my my own question. What is this good for? (laughs) Except that I'm not going to do the work. You know I'm not. And you know I may. (laughs) You take it. Onward to the next thing.
1: of the show Brett Evel was trying to track down the origin of the quote about procedural stories calling for static characters while dramatic stories call for dynamic characters and this this was a bit of a rabbit hole and in the process he came across this set of principles for writing a, a bible for a tv series yeah uh by, by Alan Yuri. And it occurred to him, and I agree, that there is significant overlap here with a set of principles for building an RPG campaign and pitching it to the players.
0: There is, and, uh, and the points at which it differs
1: tell us a lot about the difference between the two forms. Yeah. And I, I would actually start start at the beginning and say, I, when I first started role playing, there weren't campaign titles, they were just called, you know, Dave's mm-hmm. Game or Roger's Game. Mm, that's true. I think a title matters. Uh, it's it gives not only an easy way to refer to it, especially if if one is like me running multiple games. Yeah. Uh, but just a general sense of not theme exactly, and that and that will be expanded later. But but a, a memorable hook on which to hang the theme. It's it's
0: that your primary. It's not only your primary source of advertising to. Uh, players and people you want to boast to. It's also it's also a means of getting gelled in your own mind what it is you're doing exactly. Hmm. I am currently running a game uh, set in the the mo- uh, in the moment that I mentioned earlier, uh, the moment after the death of the usurping emperor in Bainstorm, uh, which I didn't come together. I it started out being called. The emperor's men, mm-hmm. and then when I decided to make it about um, about the one of the emperor's uh, mag, uh, uh, magistrates who are going around hearing appeals for him because he's far too busy, and uh, and because I uh, I wanted to emphasise the fact that Megalos thinks that it's a, a revived Roman Empire, I called it lictors. And mm. they are the, the guys who are going around carrying a badge, and uh, beating people up for information, and generally investigating things for the incoming magistrate, so he knows what's going on when he he rules mm. on appeals. And once I got that title, everything gelled, and I I knew where I, I was going
1: with it. Yeah. Uh, similarly, for me, I, I I talk about the World War Two with magic campaign. Yeah but it is called Irresponsible and Right, uh, which is a Churchill quote, It is from somewhat after the war. It is better to be uh, irresponsible and right than responsible and wrong. And given that this is Magical Special Operations definitely skating on the edge of what what is legal even in wartime, uh, that, that seems appropriate. Yeah. So, um... Next, next point is a, a statement of the genre. You know, is is it a drama, sitcom, science fiction show, and so on, mm. and and then, then break that down a bit. And while I would say that not all RPGs have to be in a recognisable genre, they should they should at least give a handle. Yeah, something
0: you can. Um, I, I'd say that, that if you're going to sell, if you're going to define a genre for geeks. Then you're going to have to make it more specific, more sub-genre-ish at this stage than you would with um, uh, uh, with, with a bunch of money men from Hollywood.
1: Yeah, because one of the things that that, that Hollywood's going to care about is, okay, can can we set can we shoot in actual places that we can just travel to, or are we, is everything going to be on a custom, expensively built set? Uh-huh. which which we, which we don't care about and I,
0: and ha, how much cgi do i do do i have to pay for
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah uh, whereas whereas um a while you can um uh, uh you can say say to um a you can say to a hollywood man this is going to be a wild west movie uh you're going to have to say to um a geek this is going to be a wild west steampunk this is going to be a wild west fantasy this is going to be a wild west with all of the all of the dials turned up to 11 um setting mm-hmm. and you you have to you have to start at the next level of refinement about that except when you can be even more specific about the jumping off point
1: yeah um and while he's talking about, um, you know, police procedurals, medical dramas, detective stories, legal dramas, mm. uh, as the the successful TV styles, uh, he, he, his idea there is that they're basically all characters who are at least to some extent work, working to help other people. Yeah, uh, and I don't think that's a thing in RPGs, frankly. Uh, g- given how much of it has grown out of D and D, which is yeah, all right, maybe you save the village from the orcs, but they're going to pay you for it. I can't. I, I think
0: I I I i to disagree agree with you you there. There is a strong element of murder hoboism and, uh, and 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 a lawless wild west setting is as we've said before, sort of implied in a lot of uh, in a lot of in a lot of games, but given that you probably want to do a a you've got it, it's if it's if it's not a one on one you've got to do a ensemble cast of people working together for mm-hmm. um, in in some sort of structure uh
1: well, we'll, we'll come back a bit to who the characters are but yeah uh,
0: and and so uh, and so the the genre has to be some to some extent about has to be to some extent a uh, mission uh mission driven Mm though i'm not sure how you make a romantic sub uh, sitcom be mission driven um but then i'm not quite sure how you do
1: romantic
0: uh, role-playing games either
1: well i know how you do that it's called the love boat the regular's job this week is to make sure this couple gets together
0: yeah um i i if if i'm going to be so embarrassed as to play in a romantic role-playing game. I want it to be my heart that throbs with love, all right? <laughs> I want things that I, get, I don't get in real
1: life. I, 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 you could prob- probably start off with, you know, the, this is the most important decision you're, you're, you're ever going to make, and you only get the one chance at it, but uh, that that's probably quite a short game. Yeah, <laughs> not untrue.
0: Yeah, yeah, hope is an important thing. Let's not go with one irrevocable decision.
1: So, uh, we've already got statement of the structure. Now, this is talking about um, length of episode. Yeah. Uh, I could merge this also with, is it a traditional continuing series or a limited series? Yeah. Uh, in, In other words, do you say, we keep going until the ratings drop off, or do you say, right, it's just this? which which is traditionally more more the british style of you know we we will make these six episodes and then if it turns out later that people liked them we will try to get the cast back together for another another lot later but it might not be you know the yeah. next season or anything like that uh also is it episodic or how episodic is it that that that's something that i th- i think has slid a bit in recent years and, and, and to me the standard tv show now is basically you can tune in and have at least some idea of what 's going on, but there will be some degree of ongoing plot even if it 's just nodded to for a few minutes in each episode
0: yeah there I, I think one one important thing about structure here is is it a journey going from place A to place b towards something Battlestar galactica is it returning to the same safe haven at the end of each um episode to um mm-hmm. Hill Street Blues, uh, uh, just because, um, yeah. Uh, there, there, there is the, there is the base and uh, the place that you, that you return to. Um, uh, Doctor Who actually is uh, is sometimes doing both at once, going to new planet or or location of the week, and yet he take he takes his home, they take their home with them.
1: Well, you, you could argue that uh, Battlestar Galactica, in effect, did something similar. Although there is the theoretical progress, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the original series, uh, somewhat less the revived one, uh, there, there, is, there is the planet of the week thing, you know, that something happens yeah. either, to, either to the ship or at the planet we're going past, and we have to fix it, but at the end of it we are back on the ship.
0: Well yeah except that uh, with Battlestar Galactica the ship more seriously in the revival uh, the ship is never safe it's always mm-hmm. fleeing there's always danger waiting for them out there and um uh, and 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 the extent to which you can go home and put your feet up at the end of each episode is uh, is a major influence on how uh, how the thing works but I yeah. think what's I think we've said this before. What's popular nowadays is individual episodes of the type that the that that the series is set up to do, but with a little bit of uh, of, of of ongoing story moving towards a climax, and that's mm-hmm. some and that's something that works very well in RPGs too.
1: I think the the thing that I would want to dig at in the campaign setup level is. Is there a specific goal? Mm. Is this we want we want to you know, survive survive the Second World War and, and try try to get Britain coming out more or less on top?
0: Mm.
1: Or is it this is a game about secret agents in modern London fighting fighting monsters, which doesn't have an end goal. I mean it, it could acquire one, it could acquire several. But what at the campaign setup level it's possible to to say, in effect, this is a limited series, this is about this particular fight, and when this particular fight is over, the campaign is either going to end or it's going to change a lot.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you don't discover... You don't discover what the uh, uh, what the ending is at the start of the campaign. Sometimes it's an emergent thing. Which is something that I don't know that... Uh, only I think only very successful TV series can do, um, mm-hmm. but they they need to have something you're reaching towards um, at the uh, at the end. I I sometimes wonder what it was Joss Whedon thought he had as the climax of uh, the first season of Firefly, mm-hmm. or whether he was just un, as un, as uncertain as his uh, as his backers were and. Um,
1: reaching to see what worked well we have a huge advantage as, as role players o- over practically any tv setup in that w- the writing is less work so we can do all of it we don't have to have a writer's room yeah uh who all have to be got in onto the same page as to what this game what this game is about
0: um, I get the feeling that a lot of the time the writer's room is, you've been sent away to write this story, now how can we get this messy written to fit into the rest of the stuff?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's varied with time. I mean, classic Doctor Who was very much, uh, I will employ you to write a script, and then you will come back with a script a few months later, and I will go, oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I, I, I get the impression on, on a lot of modern shows there is an actual room. Yeah, and, and regular and they, meetings. And they toss it, yeah. stuff back and forth and say, okay, you know, I'm having a problem with this bit of subplot. Uh, does anybody want to throw that in? And and all the rest of it. So in any case, that, that, is, that is generally speaking not a thing we do as role players. I, I've had seen occasional multiple GM campaigns, but it's not the usual approach. Yeah. So setting comes next. Hmm. And to some extent, that that comes out of genre. Um, that there, there is a bit of overlap here, but the the point I think here is also that that setting feeds into style as well as genre. So mm-hmm. yeah, if 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 you say this is happening on on an exploration starship, that says okay, we're going to be doing exploring stuff. Yeah as opposed to on the space station that everybody travels through to get from A to B. Yeah. Which, all right, in Babylon 5 they did do exploring stuff, but the the principle was people are just coming through there in transit. Yeah. It's a a place where regular people are, not just the special exploring crew, that kind of thing.
0: This is an airport in space. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and and that the setting is prior to uh, to character, a long way prior um, in the sort of thing that that, that we do. Um, uh, I uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a a role playing game which which takes inspiration from a particular character unless it was um, a licensed property. From and uh, taking bring it brought in from another, um, from another, from a, from another medium. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer starts with, with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, and to be fair, it did in the movie and the TV series. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but in the, uh, but normally, yes, setting first, um, because it, it, it defines everything you can do
1: yeah then then moving on to premise, which this is one of those things that I, I i think the gaming approach is rather more fuzzy than this strict separation that he's talking about but uh, as as examples a half dozen powerful families use cunning treachery, magic, and military might divide for the control of the of the throne mm. um yeah okay um, I think that this more or less maps onto the we are x who do y, yeah uh you
0: know um i think it also maps onto in a world but uh, but that's also part of uh, the uh, part of the setting thing as well but it's in yeah. a world where and uh and and it's not just it's not just uh, the the time period it's also
1: and, and place it's also the implications of all that yeah yeah, so I, I might say something like um, agents with psychic powers are fighting hidden monsters. Yeah, that's still there's a lot of different ways that could go, but but it at least gives a gives a uh, starting thing. Uh, wh- one I particularly like, and I'm sure many of the listeners will have heard it before, is this this um, thing that Roddenberry sold Star Trek to NBC by calling it Wagon Train to the Stars, because it is an utter lie. Yeah. Yeah, the Wag- wagon train was. We've got this small regular cast. Each week, we tell a different story mm. about a different group of people on the wagon train.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Uh I mean, you can sort of see that. I can see the the continuity of ideas, except that, except except that it isn't the guest star that's Im- uh, important. It's it's William Shatner's ego. Mm.
1: I mean, I, I I quite like that idea. Uh, I've never seen wagon train, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I I would quite like to do something like that. You know, or you could do it in a Battlestar Galactica style. That there there is the huge colony fleet mm. with too many people. well all right, you can count the people, but too many people to name. Um, and then you've got your small group of regular PCs, and, and each adventure they're dealing with a different part of what's going on there. Yeah, that could be quite fun.
0: And 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 uh, already people on the path, some of whom don't like you, uh, but you're only passing through their stories and uh, passing through their towns, and uh, maybe for good and maybe for ill. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Battle Battlestar yeah. Galactica does actually map better to Wagon Train now that I think of. It. Not that I ever watched much Wagon Train back in the day. I think I may have been <laughs> five. You know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so there's mention of, of uh, using it—a a setting tweak to make make a thing interesting. I think we've probably covered that already, and we've already said that the the shape of the story, mm. the, the the agents fighting monsters, can be put in a different place, and that that's the thing I think we're quite used to doing as as role players. Mm. And then, of course, the wow factor. If we which, can. If we could which do... is great to have because it's the thing that encourages players to say yeah I want to play this game hmm.
0: I wonder what the wow factor is for various uh, role playing games um uh Tech-ML is um, adventurers discovering an ancient uh, uh magical empire where they rip people's hearts out on a regular basis uh
1: is that a wow factor? The impression I get from this description is that they're starting off with the assumption that shows are going to be set in the real world, and if and if you have anything that's not strictly normal real world, that counts as a wow factor. I mean, one one of the examples is uh, Big Love, you know, a, fundala- a fundamentalist Mormon with three wives is a, is a wow factor, apparently. To uh, to, most pe- to most people,
0: um, yeah, th- uh, three wives stuff the
1: audience isn't used to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would call having three wives an ouch factor rather than a wow factor. But then, oh, well, you just got
1: to pick the right ones.
0: Obviously, yes. I
1: mean, I, I, I mean, key key point here: number one needs to help you pick number two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You so then, I'm not going to ask upon what basis you're making this fine, <laughs> nor will I encourage Chris to listen to this particular episode.
1: I, I have known some people who are living in triads. I don't think any of them are still going now as triads, but some of them came apart amicably and some of them didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we move on to the lead character. And obviously, to a large extent, you're going to be saying that this is the thing for the players to do. But but I think we've we've already described and if we haven't we need to the sort of character who's going to be in that. This is the ex who do why. Yeah. Um, you're working for the agency. You've got to be people who would be willing to work for the agency and whom the agency would employ. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's a limiting factor. But I I don't I don't, I don't think a lead character comes in, into it. I don't I don't think. That you can build anything other than a thoroughly ensemble piece, because role players, and they all have egos as big as William Shatner's. Now, looking at um, Star Trek, it would have been much better, the original Star Trek, uh, st- starting out as a, uh, a, a as an ensemble show. Or at least starting out as a lead-driven show with somebody who wasn't as a, wasn't as concerned about his own status as Shatner, somebody who could give time to the characters who came up, who they discovered were interesting after they would put them in and discovered what the actors could do with them. I mm. mean, I mean, they 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 didn't start out thinking of Spock in the way that he turned out. It was what the actor could do with it. And and for a role playing game you have to take what your players can give you and make the story about the characters they can do well. Um mm. and I I don't think you've got uh you 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 don't have um I mean maybe the day will come but but if you're the if you're the GM of a game you don't have the casting director. Uh, between you and the prospective players, um, uh, you, uh, you 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 don't have somebody who can say, "I'm terribly sorry, we've gone with another artist for this." You have to well, take the people you you, can, you get. You know,
1: the, I think there is a mechanical um, effect to that in that. Quite often, I've I've said something like, "Okay, we're going to need somebody who is a specialist in firearms," mm. and. One of the players will say, "Okay, i'll do that i'm I'm not going to be defining personality types well yeah
0: except- except that personality types are normally what people
1: do well i mean th- well that, that's the thing i'm I'm prepared to let I'm prepared to let them be quite free on that within the basic constraint of you are somebody who who would be employed by m i don't ask yeah and and you are somebody who the rest of your team who are allowed
0: access to um High-velocity weapons isn't going to kill. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it is strange that more more player characters do not get fragged, uh, but uh, uh, but maybe maybe it's because we're British and terribly civilized. What
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we arrange it to look, look as if somebody else did it. <laughs> uh, we invade, arrange complex
0: social embarrassments. Um, is our, is our idea of fun, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Would there be an advantage having a lead character, or, are they, or aren't are they going to be resented by the um, other players? Buffy... Well, in, in a
1: Buffy. TV series, you need a lead, because the structure of the system expects a lead.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not
1: sure why it does, but... Uh, I mean, you, you can spread it out a bit to maybe a lead pair, or you know, some, something like CSI has, uh, I think, about five... Four or five what you might call headline cast, well, something like
0: uh the good wife or for that matter, the good place has um one central character whose concern defines what's going on yeah but, and then but i I defy you to show me and 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 house likewise uh, but I defy you to show me the lead character in a um in a cop-drama about a team
1: of detectives, because... Mm. Well, the, the cop-dramas I'm most familiar with are, are the various CSI series and each of them very definitely had a lead, um, and but at the same time they're, they're not the one who does everything, kicks everything and so on, I mean they're, they're yeah. often the father figure to the team, but the rest of the team can do stuff too. And I, I think that's going more in the right direction. I mean, obviously, we, we've talked about this, I think, before when um, talking about borrowing other forms of fiction. Mm-hmm. Most fiction has a, a smaller uh, group of significant characters than a group of PCs tends to be.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, five, is, uh, and I suspect that may be a, not just the difficulty of handling more than five or six players, but also the difficulty of getting a narrative to knit together um, mm. is is why there is a limit on the, the number of core players. How many did uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have? One, two, three, four, five, six, which um, was perhaps too too many, which may have been why they wrote one of them out as a traitor. Spoiler.
1: <laughs> Spoiler. I've Yeah, I've lo- lost a lot of interest in that when it started being, okay, this isn't about ordinary people living in a world with superheroes this is just about superheroes whom the ordinary people have turned into Uh but yeah, that's me so uh, he he talks about irony and I think it's more of a twist Um, so yes, you're going down a dungeon but you're archaeologists Yes, you th- something know, it, oh yeah. uh,
0: yes you're going down a dungeon but it's actually an antechamber to hell or maybe purgatory and you're dead already
1: um the the twist does not need to be declared up front even to the players
0: uh, there, there are questions about um, how much twist you can put in without the players kicking up rough
1: yeah. I, I think the we. I think we mentioned this briefly before. Um, the players need to know what sort of a game it's going to be. I mean, it's still a game about going down a dungeon and bashing things. Yeah, if that's what you. If that's what you told that it was going to be. But but if you... and you I, and you need, I think you need to be able to play it on that level and ignore the twist, at least to some extent. Mm-hmm. But a, a, a thing one might do, for example, is you are the agents fighting monsters but there is definitely a distinction between good monsters and bad monsters. You can't just kill everything with scales.
0: You are the agents who are fighting monsters, but you don't know everything about where you came from
1: or maybe where your teammates came from.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that works.
1: Uh, and I think pretty much every agency show has an episode where the agency is taken over by the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or, or,
0: and and more and more of them have the show where you discover that the, uh, the the bad guy that has been in charge all along, and not all of them do it like what was the name of that um, Felicity or something like that the, the 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 one about the female agent who discovers that she's working for the bad guys in the first episode. Hey, um, and uh, I can't remember what it's called. Damn it. I'm getting old. Anyway, character breakdowns.
1: Yeah, th- this is. I think the closest I would come to this is um, when I was running Monster Hunters. I, I looked that 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 is a Gert specialization with, with uh, standard templates, and I said basically, I think these templates are going to be more interesting than those in the in the game as I see it.
0: Yeah, I. Uh I have at least one player in every group who will want to uh throw the template aside and start from scratch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um but but bear in mind that a template is there for functional reasons to give the group um strengths and things that it can do. Whereas
1: for... also niche protections. Also niche protection,
0: yeah. And to say this is something that only your character is fully capable of doing, so that uh, you, uh, you've always got something that character is going to be taken along for. But mm. it's the but it's the personality and the 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 party dynamics that makes the character interesting for you to play, For most people to play, all right. There are people who will op- obsess about. What exactly sort? What sort of plastic explosive he actually needs for this job, or, or some obscure technical issue? But most people, mm-hmm. what's going to make it worth doing is going to be the personal relationships and
1: strengths. Yeah, um, one of the things I, I like, and I suppose you could regard this as as a twist on the player's side, is to say, okay, my my character is taking this standard role. But I will stick in. I will attach to that a personality that you might not expect to go into their standard role. Mm. So you you get the the extremely violent medic, for example, or the um, expert sniper who who is really much happier contemplating his, his um, flower garden back home. But you know somebody's got to do the job, so he's going out here and do it again. Yeah, that that sort of thing. I mean, it it, it doesn't need to be subtle and detailed at this point it's, it's just a, not, a nice thing that that's the thing i would like to do during character creation i think mm. i think
0: yeah uh yeah i i'm not sure whether i should how much i should prompt the players in this sort of mental disadvantages or um, or drives they have um, I, I do think that, that what we've seen emerging in recent years, lists of drives and reasons to be there, which are standard um, packages, mm-hmm. or it does make this a lot easier uh, and gives people a, a committed starting point to, um, to where they're going to build the character from.
1: Yeah, in mean, something like a Powered by the Apocalypse playbook, you mainly have three options for something, but if you're only going to play that playbook once, that doesn't matter and there are 16 million other playbooks so I think I, I, I think
0: I, I probably want to play more most playbooks more than once but um, there are also things called fast characters in um, quick characters I think in some of the variants which allow you to put together um, a character to play when your main character can't be there mm-hmm. um, which is also a good thing oh it mentions here um, keeping the list of main characters down. Yes, you want to do that, but you keep it down to the um, uh, to uh, to the uh, number of players you've got. But you also want to define the uh, the recurring uh, supporting characters, the uh, the squad commander at back back at uh, at the precinct, or uh, or your group's commanding officer, or something
1: like that. Mm, I don't think I'd do that as part of the pitch, but it is certainly something I'd want to do as part of the campaign setup. I want to know who are the people with whom those PCs are going to be interacting. Enemies, e- enemies too, if they're
0: going to be long last. Yeah,
1: they they don't need to be fully statted if it's if you're using as I, as we tend to a system that we're fully statting them is important to do eventually. Um, but just so, the, the the quick sketch, mm. the one sentence description. However, you want to do it. Of yeah, this is uh, here, here is the the crusty old armourer who who loves giving them gadgets to play with. Mm. Um, here 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 is the the sober sided boss who who secretly yearns for the day when he was doing this himself. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, the, 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 those quick notes on. Uh, for me, it it often helps me uh, nail down a characterisation once I've got a name. For other people, it's a photograph. That sort of thing. Yeah. What, what, whatever it takes to, to have an anchor.
0: Episode format. This is difficult.
1: We're... Well, some games do try to... I mean, GURPS Cliffhangers explicitly says try to end each play session on a cliffhanger. Yeah. For example. Uh, just as, as the part of the style. I I, I don't think that's a, that's a main thing. I mean... Usually, for a given, at least in my experience, for for a given established group, we have some idea of how long a session is going to take, how how much actual play time you're going to get out of that,
0: and how much of it is going to be violence, or what, or, or what, or talking, or what.
1: Yeah. On the other hand, I know um, Robert Laws, for example, would w- has tried to push the idea that. Every individual session should have the memorable stuff in it. It should have something for each PC to to do. Would be awesome at, and so on. And it's nice when that happens. I, I I don't I don't like the constraints that come with making it happen, but it, it's great when it does. I uh, the
0: the thing that uh, Prime Time Adventures does, which I think is slightly wiser. I mean, I uh, is if it's not going to be a one-off. I think that. Uh, but Primetime Adventures uses the TV series format to say, this week it's a Dr. McCoy episode. This hmm. week it's a, it's a Mr. Spock episode. Every other week it's a Captain Kirk episode.
1: I'm sorry, I'm sh-
0: slagging off, off Richard, William Shatner now. And, and I, been- yeah,
1: I, I I would like to do a thing like that. I mean, um, Primetime Adventures makes it explicit by giving the character whose episode it is better abilities for, for that episode so yeah. that they get to be awesome more. Um, I'm more inclined, I suspect, to look to look at that as okay. This is a thing that's particularly relevant to this character, either because it fits their skill set or because it ties into their background in some way. And That, of course, is the session where the player doesn't turn up.
0: Yeah, uh, the, the the episode where the uh, uh, where the where the player suddenly gets the focus and discovers he doesn't like it is an embarrassing one, and I've done that to my mm-hmm. players, and I ought to apologise. List of
1: standing sets. Yeah, this is, this a- is more a TV thing, but but if you're going to have that idea of we come back to the base at the end of each episode... Or we're in this vehicle all the time, yes. You need to the, have the ability yeah. to define. And um, not, not just the uh, big obvious stuff, but the, the little details that would be set decoration, like, you know, this is um, X's room and they've um, taken down the wall of weapons that the previous occupant had put up there but you can still see the scars Mm. Uh, that that kind of thing Uh, not not a big thing I mean I I am told that people who watch a lot of TV will instantly say that this is a one camera show versus this is a three camera show and tie a whole lot of things to that decision as to what sort of show it is um I'm not quite that exposed to it. But I, I think it's it's very nice to be able to say, Okay, we're 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 back in the lab and it smells of chlorine as always, that kind of thing.
0: I, I am under the impression that most shows nowadays are shot to film rather than using video. So one camera at a time, um, seems to be the rule. But uh maybe they're apart from Studio-based things, um, which tend to be non-fiction.
1: I, I think mo- most places are now, now using uh, fully digital. Anyway,
0: hmm. well, uh, when I say to film, I mean to one dedicated camera taking one shot at a time. Yeah, which can be set up with lighting and generally crafted. Um, great deal. I came across yesterday, uh, wasting my time as usual. I came across. The most beautifully cinema, cinematographed um, uh, uh, YouTube cooking video in my life, which was wordless except for um, for written words at the bottom of the screen, full of beautiful music, evocative shots of the of the weather and uh, and rain outside and leaves, all through through the course of which the uh, the cook created a very lovely looking lasagna. But, but it was it was it was quite astoundingly beautiful, and and somebody was clearly going to a, a great deal of trouble to do this thing, which would normally be be, uh, be shot by somebody using a uh, using a phone or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, fascinating, <laughs> I, I thought. Oh gosh, somebody's gone to enormous amount of trouble for something I'm never going to come back. to.
1: I feel quite strongly about lasagna. So. Oh, I, it was called
0: A Hundred Hour Lasagna. Look it up. It, 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 was, it, was, it was a brilliant uh, piece of, uh, of, of, of shooting. Anyway, um, well, we'll put a, a link in the show notes. I feel guilty, <laughs> special I feel terminology. guilty about it. Yes,
1: uh, you can go too far with this. This is not a thing I put in the pitch, it, no. would, have go, it would have to go in the campaign notes. And also a, th- a thing that TV doesn't care about, but I do. Things like, all right, we've got hyperspace. How fast can you get from A to B? Yeah. You need
0: to, you need to have the, 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 the working out. Famously, Heinlein once spent an immense amount of time uh, working out the mathematics of a, of a space manoeuvre, which was only going to take up once uh, one or two lines in the final thing. But he, he felt that he had to have it just right i Mm -hmm. think the thing that you need to have written down and perhaps explain to the players is the meaning of social institutions um and and things like that which aren't necessarily always fixed the thing like the difference between um a guild and a company um, or college was something that absorbed uh, plenty of time in r p g net this past week and hmm. and there there are things that people use but especially um especially uh uh t v writers who ought to know better sometimes just throw out because they know it means something but they don't particularly care what <laughs> and if it means something yeah. specific in your in your games. You need to be able to uh, to say, I've told you this already, and what I'm telling you now is consistent with what I told you before.
1: Also, uh, while we don't have multiple writers, we do have multiple players, and that means you can't get away with saying, "Look, just don't poke at that bit, okay?" Yeah, because they are going
0: to poke at it. Yes, yes, they, they are. Uh, you tell you tell them about it, and they're going to want to know about it, even if it was a throwaway line. Honestly, I should mm-hmm. I should appreciate more players who understand when I'm being thrown away and and, uh, <laughs> and they, they don't have to go and investigate what happened in the tavern
1: yeah uh pilot episode synopsis and episode thumbnails i think to to me this is that thing i say of if if I can't come up with fairly quickly with about ten adventures yeah then the the campaign set up as I have it doesn't really have the legs, I think it does yeah i, I now I, the, my my bias is I, I i like building new campaigns more than i like running individual adventures so for somebody else they they might well f- find it easier easy to come up with stuff on the same basis all the time mm. but um yeah i i at the very least what what are the general sorts of story you know are, are you going to do the go to a place and get a thing and come back is it perhaps sometimes going to be a person Ah, oh, is somebody else going to try, come come to you and try to get your thing and take it away? And so on. Yeah, just just yeah. working work it out at, at a high level like that, and then then break it down into this is the sort of these are the standard adventures. You may not run each standard adventure very often, or you may only run it with major variations. But this is the sort of thing that can happen to these people. I th- in, in, in a Monster Hunter's game, in, in every adventure is essentially we we find out we find out rumors of a monster we track down the monster we fight the monster
0: well i think i think and then uh, we fight the monster the first time we fail we go and do the research and then we <laughs> come back and, and and kill the monster <laughs> save it save it uh, saving the team member who has been captured by the monster in the meantime I, uh, I i i say that i would say that ideally and i've broken my own advice thousands of times i think i want the pilot episode which is either in media race or getting them involved, I want a handful of episodes that that run off that and show you the, the run of the campaign. And I want at least one thing that might end up being the climax. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the things I think you ought to have at the start. Oh, well, look, the next thing is the series finale. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, I those three headings: pilot episode, episode thumbnails, and series finale. Um, those those three should be built together at the start of the of the the Enterprise.
1: Yeah, e- even if the length is going to be indeterminate, I think it is worth having in mind. Here is the sort of thing that could. If not end the campaign, at least say right. This this is the end of this run of the campaign. Yeah, um, this is, this is
0: where things are going towards. Um, this is where you find out, and maybe there is a way forward from there, or maybe it's going to be the next generation who can tell. Fact section.
1: Yeah, which is not so much relevant here, but because I. I, I suspect that a, a show bible gets gets read by people who are actually getting paid to write for the show. Well, it's an a. Also, your facts section should be the thing that you are adding
0: to the bible um, on a rolling hmm. on a rolling basis. It's it's a part of the maintenance of continuity. Um, and here are the things we have said, and here are the things. In 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 a in a Bible it's here are the things we understand to be in the background um and we may or may not get to. For instance, there was a, the whole business of uh, that Rodenberry had planned about Dr. McCoy's failed marriage and his daughter from the marriage, which he, he really wanted to bring in, but it never happened. Mm. Um which I think is interesting uh to be there. Um and if you go from the uh, from the How to Write a TV show Bible to the uh, to the Bible for Stranger Things, you'll see it was it was intended to be called something uh, something entirely different, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, that's that's there as a bit of uh, legacy code, I think you might say, or archaeological evidence of how it emerged. Um, it's, uh, there are, there may be interesting things in the fact section that the game never gets to. But it should yeah. also contain the questions that your players have raised, the things they've asked you. You've thought, well, oh, that's a good point. I never thought about that. And you go away and write the, uh, the comments about, about it.
1: And while you can take a jolly long time and run a jolly successful campaign, making stuff up as it happens and keep it in your head, at least if you're me, writing it down is a really good idea, because oh, yes. sooner or later you're going to have to. Oh yeah, whatever, whatever form it takes, you know some people like wikis, some people like Evernote I think Evernote still exists. Um, whatever you do, just yeah. yeah um, that some, some sort of here is all the stuff about this.: Yeah, there are, there's
0: different yeah, there are different things there are different qualities of this. There's the stuff that you give to the players to make them understand the world better, and there's a the stuff the notes you leave for yourself. Mm. Of, to remind you, I must get back to this sometime.
1: And the short notes for the um, players who don't like reading stuff much. Well, that's... I oh, know, all right. I was about to say, that's their problem. That's
0: unkind of
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, we, we are all trying to enjoy this. Yeah. So. Okay. We, um, we, so you, you get a setting like Transhuman Space. It's, it's quite challenging to get up to speed on quickly. Mm. So, what what are the things one does that, apart from giving people the, the one page summary, which is I'm very glad to say in in the free part of the E23 preview, he mm. um, introduced stuff bit by bit. Yeah, if if they're new to the setting. But yeah.
0: The the, the the it's very difficult to write. Um, There's there are differences in in the structure of writing um, a a Bible. For your own use, or a Bible that's going to be published for other people. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we shall um, talk about that where, when we come to the topic, which we which we've got in the hopper about using um, published uh, published scenarios and published material um, and making it your own and despairing over some of the mm-hmm. things that you are given. But but that, then, that that will be for a future month. That will be for a future month. I think it's an important. Uh, this w this will this this whole chat about TV Bibles is is going to reflect
1: into into that. Um, this is certainly going in going into my campaign design vocabulary and toolbox.
0: Yeah, uh, we probably won't read as we know Robin Laws does uh, books about how to how to write uh, TV scripts. But uh, this outline... I
1: I have read the uh, Hollywood screenwriting by the Numbers Guide. It's called Save the Cat. Uh, I read it in the spirit of know your enemy, and I feel I know my enemy a lot better now.
0: (laughs) Surely your enemy is the the money people. At least that's all all I always assumed was my enemy. (laughs) Uh, But then you're an economist. I know. All right, fair enough. (laughs) If you want to send us your list of uh useful things that you really must write down at the start of the game then we'd be very interested to hear it you can contact us at
1: uh, leave a message on the website or email podcast at tekely.ly
0: and we'll be back again uh probably when blazing summer is blazing down upon us Oh, again? It does it on a regular basis. You can try it. You can tell you what, Roger. You get astride the world and try and persuade it to stop. I'll be over there in the corner watching. And we'll be back next month.